0: This is John Zaninovich. Welcome to Move My Mass. You'll be hearing from great guests talk about balancing life and being fit. Hey Lee, thank you for coming on Move My Mass.
1: <laughs> thank you, John.
0: Looking forward to the chit chat.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting, right?
0: Yeah, first before we even get into this, I want to thank you for letting letting Tammy and I use your body pump equipment to get us through the whole COVID lockdown.
1: You know, my pleasure.
0: That was a lifesaver. Yeah, I yeah. could not believe it when she said, "Hey, Lee's going to let us use this stuff."
1: Yeah, you know it's funny because when when it all happened, and I remember the feeling of going like shut down, like close, right? You know, close our businesses for real. And then I thought, well, what can we do? I mean, I'm not going to be using the equipment. So we started basically loaning it out for just a deposit or something. And that went really well. And, you know, help people stay fit.
0: Right. Especially the people that are motivated. Yeah. Like, hey, got to keep it going.
1: You know, it's what you call pivot, you know? Right. (laughs)
0: right. But I do want to tell people that, you know, you did let us use the equipment. And that is from FitZone Bakersfield. Yep. Gym that you own. Yep. Uh, Run classes at, teach classes at, do all of it. And uh, I know that's obviously been a huge part of your life, but you've gone down a an addition road to that, yep. which is uh, you just became a functional,
1: functional diagnostic nutrition, nutrition. practitioner. There you go. <laughs> it's a mouthful, Thank you. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So-
0: Tell me how you got there and what does that mean? What, you know, what is that?
1: Uh, kind of my the long journey, the fitness journey for me has been a 30-year 30, 30 journey. And we say Fitzone Bakersfield, but I think that most people might recognize me or my business as being Total Woman right. Fitness because for about 30 years it was. Um, through a couple of series of unfortunate events, I guess you would say, being uh, challenged on being all women because in California, it's illegal to have a single... Anything that's single sex or whatever. And um, even though we did allow men, it was so-called total woman, opened me up to a couple of lawsuits. And after the second one, a guy from down far south says he called and we told him he couldn't join, which is not true because we do tell men they could join. We did. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was, you know, one of these that chased chased things. He actually sued the... Riverside Gun Club for having uh, a ladies' night. Thought, well, maybe they, they might have a little better issue with them than I would. Right. But it took a little bit for that to go away. So I decided at that point after the second time just to go ahead and make it co-ed. And now it's Fitz's own Bakersfield. So right. when we talk about that, I just wanted to clarify that because most people will know Fitz's own Bakersfield, what is that? You know? Yeah. So I really um, changed over right before right before the shutdowns. And then I've been doing a lot of the transition throughout the shutdown. So when we are open again, it will be co-ed, but it's in the same location on Truxton that Total Woman used to be.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I know
1: it as Total Woman. Yeah, Yeah. everybody. I mean, people see me. I remember one of my favorite, not favorite maybe stories, but going to a chamber of commerce event and you'd put a name tag on, you know, my name said, Lee poses Total Woman. And of course, a guy comes up to me and he's like, So nice to meet you. So is that your business or are you advertising? <laughs> yeah. Total one. <Woman. laughs> like I right. no, it's my business. Right. Yeah. So from then on, I always put fitness, total one fitness, you know. But yeah. So that's right. it's been a long time and it's been in the community for a long time. So um still in business after 32, 33 years, but just in a little different venue now.
0: Yeah, and I definitely hear nothing but good things about it all the Thank time. Thank you. Thank Great you. Place. I love it.
1: You know, it's it's nice when you love what you do. Yeah. It's, they always say you never work a day in your life unless when you love what you do. That's not exactly true. There's a lot of days that are, are challenging. Yeah, totally. But, I
0: totally. I, I can imagine. I can imagine.
1: But I still do love what I do. So you asked me about the, the what brought me to what we get do as a functional diagnostic nutrition. You know, early you just, on,
0: and you just became certified
1: like a monday years ago. yeah right. the so. official certification now I have several other nutrition certifications and I the list of fitness certifications I, I don't even they I don't know how long that is long right. over right. 30 years a lot of lot of lot of fitness certifications yeah. so um when I started it was all about fitness really and exercise and all and I started noticing throughout the years that people would they would exercise and be really dedicated and do well, but just not not get results. And I thought, you know, there's more. There's more to this. There's there's a lot more to it than just exercise, even though it's a super important component. And sometimes I think we over over overthink exercise too, because people ask me the perfect this, the perfect that. I'm like, move. You know, if you like body pump, do body pump. If you like to swim, do swimming. Just yeah. don't overthink what's the perfect combination of everything. Right. We can make it better. And trainers, we can help you, but. But I thought there's obviously something going on for some of these people that are so dedicated. And then uh, my sister, after her second child was born, had some problems that we thought might be developmental. And she Mm -hmm. quit her full-time, high-paying job to figure it out. And we got really involved in holistic nutrition and holistic lifestyle, meaning toxins and food colorings and food additives and the difference between organic food and non-organic food and the difference between processed food and real food and difference between food and not food. Right. There you know, is. There's a lot of stuff we eat it's that's huge. not food. Yeah. And so you started thinking, and it started, and early on, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a thing called the body bug. Do you remember the body bug? I
0: do not remember that.
1: The body bug was the first wearable device. Okay. Um, long before we have these fancy things that we wear, you yeah. know. So um, I was involved in an organization where I was uh, introduced to the body bug really early on, and we'd put it on our arm. It was really big, and you'd wear it around, and it tracked your movement. And then at the same time, you could log in and do all your your food and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And we went through all this, and people would come in, and they would swear they logged in their food correctly, and they were wearing their body bug. so we knew exactly how many calories they were burning, and we knew exactly how many calories they were supposedly taking in, but there was a disconnect in the results they were getting, and so I don't think that these people. We used to laugh and go, "I know they're not just going home and eating Twinkies and lying to me about it, right?" So there's something going on. So that's when you get into the quality of the food, and it's not just what you eat; it's whether you digest it, absorb it, eliminate the proper things. There's a lot more yeah. to just you know, and also we're bombarded with so many messages about what's healthy that isn't healthy. And it's marketing from these these process food. Marketing processed is very food. strong
0: now. In, very in strong. Well, and it always not, has been, but it seems so, really strong.
1: It's very And it always has been. And just, we don't. It's like you don't notice a yellow VW until you buy a yellow VW and then everybody has a yellow VW or yeah, whatever correct. that may be. So once you start tuning in, you realize the marketing that's going on to some of these things that aren't healthy, but are promoted as healthy. And you understand why the public, even if they think they're doing the right thing, Myself, I once upon a time I used to think eating lean cuisine was healthy. <laughs> I shouldn't say the word, the term, but anyway, eating a healthier know fast saying. food, you know, right, was healthy because right. I I grew up in Louisiana eating fried catfish and French fries, and I mean, my idea of a vegetable was that nasty canned asparagus, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I, there was it, we, we t- you know, you take steps and you get b- better and better. So I thought when I really started looking into what was going on, I thought this is not. Just a matter of what they're eating, which that's part of it. It's the quality of what they're eating and what their body's doing with it. Because once we have a a leaky gut or once we have a a pathogen, then we're not going to absorb the nutrients. So we could be eating broccoli and carrots and asparagus and grass fed beef and free range chicken all we want. And if our body has a nutrient absorption problem, we still won't be getting the results that we're looking for. Right. I mean, it's better than eating a lot of processed foods. So, but you know, so I started. Diving deep into that over the years, and that mm-hmm. just took me down the rabbit hole. Okay, and so I, I started off with a certification called AANC, which the was the American Association of Nutrition Consultants, and then I went to one called Precision Nutrition, which is pretty much a gold standard in the fitness industry, yeah. and it's pretty hard, but uh, I. I started off in petroleum engineering, so studying and getting deep and I getting to the cellular level wasn't that hard for me, to be honest. it was
0: what you like to do. It was
1: interesting, and I thought, well, that's cool. And then I came across, I'm part of this organization called the Medical Fitness Network, and I came across this Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Program, and I, I, it was like, I found it. I found what right. I'm looking for. You and know. so
0: does somebody, silly question, probably, but does somebody need to have symptoms? Of any kind to come to you to get oh no to, no or is this something that anybody should go get performed on?
1: anybody like, can come to me with um if they just want to feel better yeah i mean you can be you could be an athlete and feel like you're really doing pretty good but you want to perform better um you can really be having a lot of indigestion and heartburn and bloating and or you could, you know feel sick. I mean, what, what what functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners do is look at the body as a whole yeah, rather than separate it into its parts. So I like to use the analogy of a tree. And I'll use my own here. It's kind of funny. But um, when we look at a tree and the tree's leaves aren't doing well, let's mm-hmm. say we have some leaves that are turning brown and some leaves that are spotted and maybe some leaves with bugs on them, we don't start treating the leaves and hope Right. The leaf's gonna get better and not fall off the tree or tape it back on. Right. You know, we start looking at what's the problem with the tree, and you get to the to the root of the tree and up up the trunk and you know, everything, and you treat that way. I, I consider the root of our body really our microbiome, or that's our gut, our small intestine. So we kind of start there and let let's heal the leaves by fixing the whole tree. So when someone comes to me and says, you know, I have gas and bloating and um, I don't go to the restroom very often or whatever that may be, I don't start by telling them, here's your supplements to right. heal that. Because we're not going to heal that. We're not going to treat that. We're going to look at what other problems the person might be having. We're going to do a lot of intake forms where you're grading yourself on how well do you sleep, Um how often do you go to the restroom? And it's long, a lot of a lot of questions. Are you depressed? Are you anxious? What have you had a major event in your life? What's yeah. you know, all these things that are going on? And then we can start to run with the word functional and the functional diagnostic nutrition is that in diagnostic is we're going I can run labs. Yeah. So we can actually run a lab and find out is there a pathogen? Do you have maybe H. pylori or Giardia? Do you have a bacteria in your small intestine or in your gallbladder? Do you have um, blockage? Do you have drainage problems? Do you have a leaky gut? We would run a, a intestinal permeability test to tell us whether things are leaking out of your small intestine and getting into your bloodstream, which at that point, when you have particles in your bloodstream that shouldn't be there, your body thinks it's an enemy and it starts trying to fight it. Makes sense. So, you get an inflammatory response, which yeah. can manifest in a lot of different ways. It could be eczema. It could be yeah. um, bowel distress. It could be a lot of different things. And your reaction and my reaction might be completely,
0: completely, different. completely different. So, is a big part of what that program would be, a uh, food elimination program? Where you, um, know,
1: you, know, you know, the really good thing about it, if someone's willing to, to do the lab's the be- obviously we could yes do food eliminations uh-huh. um, and that's effective. It's it's difficult for people to to do that and then start introducing one at a time and right. keeping records and realizing was it the pasta that set me off or was it the the popsicle? I don't you know whatever right. it might be. Right. So you, yes, we can do that, but there is a very simple test to do, which is your your food sensitivity test. And by you just go to the lab, draw some blood, we send it in, and we can find out what you're reactive to. And there's a big difference in what you're reactive to and what you're allergic to.
0: Okay.
1: If you're allergic to peanuts, you know you're allergic to peanuts. You go into anaphylactic okay. shock. You right, carry around right. an EpiPen. You right. you ask every restaurant. You make sure there's no peanuts in it. That's allergic. But being reactive or sensitive to something, you're not gonna get necessarily that type of reaction. And depending on how reactive you are, you may not get a reaction that you really know. So if you were going on an elimination diet, um, I'm gonna use watermelon, for example. My my son's reactive to watermelon. Um, he gets his mouth feels fuzzy, he says. Yeah, yeah. He feels fuzzy, but he's not allergic, but he's highly reactive. I love watermelon. Like I said, I grew up in Louisiana. I, I watermelon's mm-hmm. a healthy people think it's too high in sugar, but it's got a lot of water. It's got a lot of vitamin A, kind of similar in nutrition structure to a tomato, actually. But no joke. Yeah. But I didn't, I had no idea I always reacted to it. My son's very reactive to it. I did my food sensitivity test, and I'm reactive to watermelon. No, I don't get a fuzzy mouth, and I don't feel bad. But if you look back and think maybe that day I was dragging into class, or right, right. you know, so so sometimes when you're going with an elimination diet, you might not eliminate even things that you think I would have never eliminated watermelon. I didn't know I had a sensitivity to watermelon. Right. And so what we then do and also you don't stay sensitive necessarily to the same foods forever. so as we can heal your gut or heal make your liver more functional, um clear out your gallbladder, get the inflammatory substances out of your blood system, you can stop being reactive to foods that you were before. so being that watermelon is yeah. one of my favorite. I started healing my own self and I can eat watermelon again
0: yeah. yeah and that and that is you know just to use watermelon as an example since we're on that, that seems like a pretty deep dive into that where isn't the more common problems just more of the, it's pretty simple with all the junk food we're all eating. And when I say junk mm-hmm. food, it might be considered healthy, but it's still,
1: I think you could you know, leave off the word food, just right. junk that we're eating.
0: It just seems like we're at a place right now with people that there's go back to the basics. Yeah. Okay. If you're reactive to watermelon, okay, let's figure that out. Right. It seems like there's a whole pile. There's a, of, a, a on top long ways of that, you can go
1: before you get to that. Right. right exactly. And, I have and, a really great example, and I won't use a brand, um, but I will breakfast cereal. Mm-hmm. Now, we know there's a gauntlet of breakfast cereals. There's what you would consider your healthier breakfast cereal that look like it's all grains. Mm-hmm. And then you can go all the way up to your sugary breakfast cereals that've got marshmallows in it and, yeah. and all yeah, kinds of stuff. bring me
0: some Lucky Charms. I'll, I could take on a bowl <laughs> of okay, that now and
1: yeah. uh, <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see that as poison. See, that's why
0: you just need to eat dirty all the time so you can so you, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm
1: sure you do, John. I'm sure you do. <laughs> but, you know, so the way that cereal is marketed, if it's the really sugary cereals, they market it as fortified and healthy right. for your kids. So you're still marketed to that it's healthy. So if you're a parent and you've got young kids and you're, they don't even go to school now, but let's say when they did, you know, you're trying to get things, get kids out the door and they're all good with the sugary cereal and you pour the the milk over it and whatnot and they eat that and then they go off to school. Well, they've raised their blood sugar. They're all hyped up. And by the time they're two hours into school, they're crashing, just like we would if we ate a Snickers bar, I mean, a candy bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get that same reaction. And, and pretty much we, I wouldn't have to do a lot of convincing of someone to convince them that the sugary cereals weren't, Cocoa Puffs or whatever weren't the healthiest option. People yeah. would, you know, they still think it's okay because it's marketed to But some of the other cereals that are marketed as heart healthy and blah, blah, blah. If you go back and read the label, there is not a whole food in that cereal. And those cereals right. are doing the same thing to your blood sugar, basically, as the sugarier cereals. The only difference is the sugarier cereals have more sugar and more calories. Yeah, But your body's getting the same effect and it's not really getting nurtured and nourished. And yet we are marketed to that these products are healthy. So if I was going to take an individual who had a family and say, you know, tell me a little bit about your diet, 90% of the time they're going, well, we eat really healthy. And yes. so I always nodded. So I, I'm great. Good. I'm glad you do. But i just like a little more detail
0: there's on a, large a general pers- day. Large part of the population thinks that if they're eating at home they're eating healthy.
1: True that too. Yeah. But it's
0: not from a restaurant or fast food and it's healthy. And
1: Which, you know, I call you know. things sometimes a better bad choice. Right. So, sometimes are those are better bad choices. Right. Maybe the less sugary cereal is a better bad choice than the highly sugary cereal or maybe it's better than a pastry. Right. But it's still not a good choice. It's just a better bad choice. So, so. let's
0: let's talk about how this would work. Let's say I walk in you know, I'm just think I'm eating healthy, and even if I am eating pretty healthy, but I just, you know, man, every every day I just feel a little bloated. You know, I come into you, and I'm John Zaninovich. I walk in to see you, and I, how does this? How do we start? What would happen
1: first? Yeah, that's that's a great way to ask it, John. We would have a conversation somewhat. Like, tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about you're bloating and about that and all that, then I would send you what I call intake forms. Okay. And you score yourself on a scale of one to five on all these different questions on three different forms. And my form basically sums up each, let's say neural. It, there's a lot of questions on, are you depressed? Are you anxious? Um, have you had a major traumatic trauma in your life? Then we go to one that be, might be more endocrine and it's talking about your, okay. your, your hormones. And you know, do you have ups and downs for women? Do you have hot flashes? You know, and so there's right. all the different categories, and then you would answer all these questions from the worst time in your past, and how you're feeling right now. Then we would take about a week's break. I may, I may give you some quick diet tips, and I I would ask you about your basically we go through dress, okay. diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplements. Okay. Over the long term, now when we first meet, I'm going to find out what your major complaint is, your main complaint. If your main complaint is, um. Gas and bloating, Mm -hmm. that would be our our starting place. That's your main complaint. We're going to address that. Now, we're not going to treat that we're just going to address that as your main complaint, but you're going to fill out these intake forms.
0: You're not going to send me home with gas X.
1: Not going to send you home with gas X. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I might send you, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about your diet and you're going to tell me it's really healthy and I'm going to ask yeah. you a little more about it. And then I'm going to have you fill out these forms and these forms are going to give me a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is periodically throughout your your consulting time with me, we re, we reevaluate and do those forms again. Because you know what happens sometimes is we start feeling better or we lose weight or whatever. And everybody's saying something and you're like, I don't I don't lost that I mean I, I I don't feel that much better. I didn't feel that bad before. But then you right. go back and look at the what you scored yourself 2 months ago wow, I did. I was a 5 on that. And I'm not anymore. So that's basically I would start you with an interview and having you fill out my intake forms and maybe start with a little bit of of yeah. diet and exercise kind of talk. I would find about how much stress there is in your life and all that. Then after we when we meet again, I would suggest certain labs that you would run which like intestinal permeability um, gut pathogens. Do we, you know, we run a stool test on that? Yeah. We might do, uh, um, there's a test for like what metabolic type are you on? I think you'll find this pretty interesting. I could go on forever about it, but That's okay. Keep a, going. <laughs> metabolic types, there's a couple of types. There's a fast oxidizer or a slow octi- oxidizer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people can thrive, let's call it on a vegetarian. There's a difference in vegetarian and whole plant food diets too, because a vegetarian can eat Cheetos, but. A whole food, gotcha, a whole gotcha. food plant-based way. But, but some people can can thrive not eating any animal products. Let's put it that way. Other people don't thrive not eating any animal products. Um, and there's quality of animal products too. But a fast oxidizer is someone who's going to burn through things really quick. So let's say you're a fast oxidizer and you, have, and you are a healthy eater mm-hmm. and you have fruit for breakfast. A fast oxidizer is going to burn through that fruit, and an hour or two later, you're going to be starving. Mm So a fast oxidizer might need to eat something a little more. And let's say you are a whole foods plant-based. You might need an avocado and with your fruit or something else. Maybe um, if you're not a a vegetarian, maybe an egg, something that gives you more substance because you're going to be a fast oxidizer. You're going to burn through it.
0: Fast oxidizer. Like you're going to burn fa- through your Fast food. metabolism, same Yeah, thing. not really. kind
1: of. You could, you could think of it that way. not exactly the same where you would... If you want to say. put it really simplistically and get it where people understand it, yeah. Okay. You're going to metabol- me- me- metabolize it out fast. Gotcha. So you're going to burn through it. So think of fire. You know, a fast oxidizer, you're going to need to put a big piece of wood on that fire because you're just going to burn through those little twigs quickly. Mm-hmm. A slow oxidizer, it's just going to go through things really slowly. So if they ate a big heavier breakfast with eggs and something for breakfast, they're going to feel like they got a, a, a rock in their stomach and they're going to be sluggish. Yeah. And yeah. they're the ones that can eat the fruit and something quick and easy uh, um, for breakfast and not be hungry two hours later. Right. Because they oxidize it slowly. Yeah. So, and okay. you can be mixed. Okay. And then there's another one that's parasympathetic and sympathetic. So we have two different autonom- autonomic nervous systems. Wait, uh, auto-
0: before you go there, let's. We were heading down the path of what we would do if I walked in. Uh, this and we, we got, would be
1: figuring this out, right? Okay, you're right. So, you're so this, right. Is, where so we're this at. is where we're going to okay. figure okay. it out. So, so we're going to figure out what type of um, me, type of metabolism gotcha, you have. Gotcha. So we're going to figure out do you need to eat this way or this way. Gotcha. And then we would like to do a food. I would recommend that food sensitivity test too to find out what you're reactive to. So those are some things we talk about. Not
0: so I never thought about that of thinking which way or how fast you metabolize. To keep it simple terms for me, but which. And maybe they're equal. What's more important, finding out that or finding out what foods you're sensitive to? I love that question. Are they equal?
1: They're equal. I mean, and it's kind of like for someone who either is really motivated to change, I have five different labs we could run and we can run them all within the same week or two weeks.
0: And that's ideal. Because
1: let's say we're chasing down the fact that you're sensitive to watermelon. And then six weeks later, we run your GI pathogen test and we find out you've got Giardia. We it would have helped us a while back to know you already had giardia and we could have been working with that rather than just dealing with the sensitivity to watermelon. Right, gotcha. So and and those two things will go to get you know can go together too. So the, our first meeting, I would tell you the the labs available and we would look like well and John says well Lee you know what. Financially or time-wise or whatever, I only want to run a couple right now. Yeah. So depending on what your main complaint was and what we're talk about in our first, we would decide which of those labs might be the most valuable to run. Okay. I don't think one's more important than the other, but which ones do we want to start with if you can't do them all? Yeah. Would be something that would be interesting.
0: Do you notice it that it's common when somebody is sensitive to a food that they sometimes they eat more of it or? Mm-hmm. Why is that?
1: I don't know. And I've thought about that during the training too. I've thought about I thought about why is it that we're I guess why are why is it we're attracted to things we're not supposed to have all I mean, the time, I, you know?
0: And I can understand maybe you know, you get addicted to some of the junk the fast mm-hmm. food because they make it that way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like bread. Mm-hmm. People a lot of and I only know this because of um our son who has autism, mm-hmm. you know, first started off with that word. Checking out gluten and all that. But yeah, they have a sensitivity. Is it because they eat so much of it, they have the sensitivity or
1: you know, I think there's certain they have things the
0: sensitivity and that makes them want more of it.
1: I think some of the things that it's a good question. And, and we could do a whole podcast on that actually. But one of the things is things like bread. Let's just take bread for example. Yeah. Um, the sugar in bread, even the 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 gluten in bread that becomes sugar, and and some people are reactive to gluten, and some people aren't just reactive to gluten, they're just reactive to grains. So, you know, there's a lot of different levels of what people are reactive to, but they can be excitotoxins and they Mm -hmm. excite the brain. So, so there's been kind of a, a a parallel taking sugar. And basically when you're taking grains, they turn into sugar in your body. So there's been studies on rats where they, they will get rats to eating sugar and they give them cocaine. One set of rats, sugar, one set of rats, cocaine. Mm -hmm. And then they start gradually and they would shock them when they go to get it. So you go to get your sugar, and you get a little shock. You go get your cocaine, you get a little shock. And then they start shocking a little more, and a little more, and a little more. And the rats that wanted the cocaine would eventually stop. The rats that want the sugar never stop. They will die of shock Wow, going for the sugar. Yeah. So when you're talking about bread and things like that, that's where we say it's an excitotoxin. It lights up your brain. Yeah. So I don't care if it's going to shock me. I still want it because it's lighting up the brain.
0: Right. And it's the scary thing about sugar is it's hidden so many places Mm -hmm. where you could talk about cereals you think you are eating, even the healthy cereals. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. There are healthy cereals out there, but sometimes you think you're eating, well, (laughs) that's getting deep. (laughs) That's getting deep. (laughs) Yeah. But at least there are some that don't have added sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And, but man, they can, you can hide it so easy. Yeah. And yeah. it's in so many It's so in many ketchup.
1: Foods. It's in, I mean, it's in every, it's in things. And so, you know, the, yeah. the safest thing to do, people will talk about how much sugar, and I'll tell them, try to limit it to less than five grams per serving or this or that or whatever. The best thing you can do is don't eat things with labels anyway and go back to cereal And that one. How about I make it that simple? It comes in a box.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: It didn't didn't come from nature the way it was fruit, intended. Yeah, you yeah, know, for the most part. So, right. so those are things you can look at. But yeah, anything that's in a box or a package, pretty much, you're going to find some sugar in it.
0: That is so true, or something else, something processed in mm-hmm.
1: it. And if you want to, if you want to counter me and say, well, there's sugar in apples. They don't have labels. There is, but it comes in nature's nice little package with all the vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, phyto everything you need, plus the fiber. So when you're eating that apple and you're getting the sugar in the apple, the natural fiber and the pectin and everything in the apple is slowing your blood's response down. So you're not getting a blood sugar spike the way you would if you were eating sugar or apple juice, Mm -hmm. you know, something taken out of its natural form, you're not getting the whole thing together. So when you're eating the apple and, you know, I love the list of things not to eat and bananas are always on it, you know, because they're high in sugar and they're this and they're that. Why don't we just take the cupcakes out, (laughs) leave the bananas in there. I'm not really quite getting that one, you know.
0: Let's keep it simple. Let's Let's keep it simple. Banana, yeah, yeah, if you ate bananas all
1: day long, there would be a problem. But (laughs) a, a simple banana is for most people, and we're not talking about diabetic, and we're not talking about sugar, but even then you're eating a food with the fiber in it. So yeah. you know, they're they're not as um they're not the same thing as sugar.
0: Right.
1: I mean, some people with, you know, with diabetes and whatnot need to watch how much fruit they eat at a time and stuff like that. So I'm don't that's a different conversation.
0: Right. So what there are so many hot diets now. Carnivore, vegan, keto, paleo. What am I missing?
1: Oh, gosh. I'm there's, sure there's a lot of them. Those are the ones yeah, that at least yeah, I hear about all yeah. the time. Yeah. No, the grapefruit either this or that, whatever, you know.
0: What's your, what's your, what are your thoughts?
1: Again, I go back to what we were talking about earlier about finding out your metal, metabolic type. So, mm-hmm. what, but for me, for instance, I'm a mixed oxidizer. So, and then I'm also a mixed parasympathetic, sympathetic, which we started to talk about, but it's another. Thing, so what I need is I need a little bit of good quality, probably animal protein and some good quality fat with each meal because I'm going to burn through it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But I also can benefit from the fruits and vegetables that are more more quickly oxidized too because I'm a mixed oxidizer. So what we would find out from someone, oh. someone who, let's say, someone is a slow oxidizer and they they are a paleo. Yeah. It's not working for him. You might be coming to me talking about your gut carrying on, and you're being really healthy, and you're eating paleo. And I'm like, well, that's really good. And you show me your list of food that you're eating, and you're eating a whole food diet, and you're eating paleo, but your your body's actually not thriving on that diet because it may need more more slower or faster oxidizing foods. You know, yeah. so yeah. so um, I do think when any diet that's going to take you back to a more whole foods base is going to be, even if it's not your perfect metabolic type, It's going to be better, obviously better than eating anything that's coming out of a box. The less stuff you eat out of a box or a restaurant that you drive up to get your food in and things like that, the less of that you're eating no matter what type you are, the better off you're going to be.
0: So, so true.
1: You know, I mean, so paleo, keto. Now, keto, I'm not going to get into a whole long discussion about keto. There are applications for keto, keto, for getting into a ketonic state. Mm -hmm. A lot of, with brain dysfunctions, there's a lot of, um, epilepsy, a lot of people with, there's a lot of promise with keto in certain instances. Yeah. Because the, the brain responds, the the brain can run on fat or sugar. So if we can have the brain uh, using the fat properly, so people with, with brain injuries, um, some, some autism, some uh, epilepsy, things like that can benefit from a ketonic type of diet. Um, other people can benefit on a ketogenic diet to lose weight a little bit, but here's the problem. Even though it sounds great at first because you get to the, eat all this fat and everything. I know. We all want, like you said, the bread or something else later. And if you're trying to stay in a state of ketosis and you eat a bite of an apple or a drink, a sip of wine, you're out. Oh, yeah. So all that stuff that you just ate just became fat. Right. Uh, so yeah. you, if you're going to be on a keto- ketogenic diet, you better be really dedicated. To well, that and it's keto so food.
0: fun to watch. Not fun. That's the wrong word. Yeah, it's hell. I'm going to say it. It's fun to watch people that will eat it. You know, the hamburgers wrapped in bacon. Well, because it qualifies.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> you really tough. You took out the
0: bun, so it's you're really healthy. tough. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there's right. clean
1: and there's dirty keto, and you can get into all that stuff. So I, right. I think there are applications for a ketogenic diet. I, I don't think in most cases that would be a, a. a a long-term direction I would send someone and I would tell them if they wanted to do it short-term, then they need to look at it as short-term and be very dedicated while you're doing it. Because the minute you go out with your friends and they order you that glass of wine, you just slipped out of ketosis. Yeah. And then all that effort, meeting all that make and wrap stuff.
0: All that just went off that lane over here to this yeah. lane, it was heading down a good one, and yeah. now you just put it right in the bad. Yeah. And it's going right to that belly. Yeah. Yeah, or the butt.
1: Right, or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some would argue that at least they could choose where it could go. That might be where they put <laughs> that's it.
0: That's right. yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can't choose where it <laughs> that's goes. That's true. <laughs> Never goes where you want.
1: No, no. And also, you know, a discussion that I would have with people on um, the type of diet that they're having, if you're not a plant-based... So- totally plant-based diet, which I am not, um, it's really important to get good quality animal food. Mm-hmm. So it really is, it's not a joke to say you get free range and to get you know, grass-fed because, okay, think, think about this. All of us living beings have fat and we store our toxins in our fat. Okay. Uh, I could start a whole nother story on that one too mm-hmm. about COVID and all kinds of things. We store our toxins in our fat. The animals store their toxins in their fat. Okay. Okay. So a conventionally raised animal that's being given a lot of antibiotics and um, steroid, you know, they're trying to make these conventionally raised animals grow fast. Yeah, they are. And get them to slaughter them to and sell them and all that. So all the stuff that's being given to these animals is stored in their fat. And so a good marbled piece of beef that's not raised responsibly. Where is the fat, where is the toxin stored in their huh. fat? So there is a lot of difference in this piece of meat and this piece of meat. So when the animals is raised responsibly, number one, it usually doesn't have as much fat. Like when we eat responsibly, we typically don't have as much fat either. We also store our toxins in our fat. Remind me about that one. Um, so it's important that you're getting a good quality animal. And when you are getting a good quality animal, you don't have to be so careful about the fat of that animal. Because the problem with the fat is not fat, necessarily. And there's an argument to that. You're going to have people argue about cholesterol, and we can argue that too. But the good quality fat, a good quality marble piece of meat with good quality fat... It's it's going to be fine because the problem mostly is the toxins that are in that fat, not the fat itself. Now I'm not saying okay. cut off that big piece of fat on the end and just chew Some it all crap. up, but yeah, you know. yeah, but, yeah. Um, but that kind of thing. And then same thing with the free range chickens so that are, that not shot up. You know the the chickens that are conventionally raised. You see these chicken breasts that are this big. They
0: look like turkeys.
1: I say they're chicken boob jobs.
0: They're bright. <laughs> yeah, and they're continuing to get bigger.
1: Yes. Yeah, chickens aren't that big. No, they're not. So when a chicken breast is that big. It's not. It's been enhanced. Right. So, So, same thing with a real chicken. When you're eating the real chicken, you're getting a whole different quality of an animal. Yeah. And the eggs they lay and all that. So, you really want to look and spend the money. And I know that, you know, you can choose to spend money on a higher quality food or you can spend it on drugs and doctors. So true. One or the other. So, you might say, let's say what, a dollar more a pound for a really great quality piece of meat. Or spend thousands of dollars later getting your bypass surgery. Yeah, I, I choose better meat myself. Right.
0: But. So true. So true. Yeah. So back
1: to toxins and. So the toxins in the fat too. Fat even with people. people. So we. So A, D, E, and K. So our ADEC, Those are fat soluble vitamins. Right. Okay. okay. So D. Let's go with D. It's really important. We store those in our fat. So the more fat that we have, we're going to store those vitamins. In our fat, rather than getting them into our circulatory system and our body, uptaking them and using them. Oh. So with COVID, for instance, or a lot of diseases, vitamin D is super important.
0: Wait, let me back you up because I'm a little bit unclear. So if you're a heavier person with more fat, you're storing them. Do they get released as you burn fat? Or if you're leaner, no, they are using gonna get, them?
1: Yeah, you're going to gonna be, you're gonna be using them when you're leaner. They're not going gotcha. to necessarily release. Okay, gotcha. They're going to be eliminated with your fat. Gotcha. So when you're storing them in your fat, they're stored and they're not there for use. Okay, gotcha. So you're taking in these vitamins and you have a storage tank. You put them in the storage tank and that's where they stay until you open the bottom of the storage tank and it goes out. Simple. Gotcha. I'm just making this up, but that's gotcha. like an analogy for me. And then you have the other one where you bring in these vitamins and the whole system's using these vitamins and it goes through. And then the waste gets eliminated through your lymphatic system, through your breath, through your sweat, through your alimentary canal, and all that. So you've used what you need, and everything okay. goes out the other way. When you're storing it in your fat, you're not getting the use of it. So that's okay. a great way to, great great thing to ask. So let's say with vitamin D, you're bringing, you're taking in all this vitamin D, but it's just getting stored and it's not getting uptake, you're not uptaking your vitamin D. Oh. So you're not really using it. Talk, we talked about nutrients. You can take in all these great nutrients, but if you're not absorbing them, right. you're still not gonna thrive. Yeah. Same thing with your vitamins. So we need to. Work on eliminating some of the extra fat so that we don't store the fat-soluble vitamins in the fat and we actually use those fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. Yeah. And so, you know, think about how important those vitamins are. Vitamin D is really important for our immune system. So if we're not uptaking the vitamin D that we're getting, then our immune system is gonna suffer. It's
0: gonna, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then our, our gut is really responsible for our immune system as well. So about 80% of your immune system comes from your gut. So if you've got a leaky gut. And you've got extra fat. That's two nut. That's two whammies too. So you can bring yeah. in the healthy food, and you're still not going to maybe. And so you're, inflamed, you know, you're a little bit inflamed. You're a little bit or a lot inflamed, and your immune system's not working that great. And you don't have the vitamin D to convert. And
0: yeah, oh yeah, this this stuff interests me so much, and. Yeah, we can, we can make this a five-hour podcast yeah, pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. I'm, like, trying <laughs> I, I would to never get
0: tired of it. Where
1: I'd stop on this stuff. But the bottom line is when, we, when you come in and everybody's got different issues and different problems, um, some people a lot of the same problems. But like I, I have a couple of clients I'm starting to work with now. One has a gallbladder, one one doesn't. One has a uterus and one doesn't. Yeah. But they have the same complaints. Okay. No, am I going to treat those two clients the same? I mean, treat. Am I going to guide those two clients to self-treat themselves the same? Right. Absolutely not. The one without the gallbladder is going to hold a different line of action than the one that's got the gallbladder but doesn't have a uterus. So,
0: yeah. And, you the, and it, you know, it goes back to the beginning of this when, you know, you mentioned, you know, you, you're in class, you're teaching class, or you own the gym, or you're witnessing people working out. And you're like, okay, they're working out, maybe not getting results. And that's, that's so, I mean, that's super important. Mm -hmm. And you just went down the right road, but you, you're seeing a lot of people. I mean, how many, how many classes
1: are you know, I've seen a lot of people over the last 30, I've been in this business for 30 years. Like, yeah. uh, like I sometimes can't even believe it. You know, thirty years. Right. But um, and over the years, I've seen so many people with so many different. I did with Volts training. There was times I had two hundred people at a time, right? In one run, you know, and yeah. and and seeing the what what I, what I started doing was talking to people a lot about what they're eating and their the response to stress or you know sometimes people are over exercising because exercise is stress. Yes. And that's a really hard thing, especially when I tell sometimes I own a gym and I teach fitness and I tell someone they need to back off. You're like, yeah. you, you, what? You right. know, we, yeah, you need to move, but you might not need to be doing that much because it's adding stress to your body. Yeah. After we heal the body, you can maybe uptake a little bit more more of the exercise that you want to do. But
0: Right. And you how, know, many, how many classes a day were you teaching?
1: Um, well, you know, when interesting. People think I teach a lot. I always only teach okay. one or two classes a day.
0: One or two classes. A but day. I've, so that's one to two hours of working out a day.
1: Not really, because some no? of the classes I don't actually work out in. Oh. You know, I'm more of a trainer, <laughs> more of the coach. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it was actually a struggle for me to get enough exercise in because I was so much, so much time being the coach. Well,
0: that's where I was headed with the question is, you know, a lot of times, like when I was in college, I started working at a gym. Just, oh, I'm going to get, a, you know, Membership, I'll work out all the time. I worked out less like well, initially, and then I got back into yeah. it. So I was just asking the question, yeah. Is it is it harder to stay yeah. motivated? Yeah.
1: It's sometimes a struggle in? for me too. Yeah. Right. Imagine that what you do all day, then you're supposed to do to yourself too. Like if you worked in an office all day, do I don't know do whatever, and then it was imperative for your life that you did more of what you did in the office all day, it's sometimes tough, you know? Yeah. So I would always try to schedule at least one class. Three times a week, at least three times a week, like spin, where it does involve me having to get the exercise with them. Because when you're teaching spin, you're on the bike. Yeah. So I would always try to get that in a little bit. COVID's actually been a good thing in that regard for me because I've been doing more small client, working in small groups, and I actually do get to exercise with them often. And then taking the dogs out running. And I think another thing about exercise that people don't realize too is you really need variety. Yes, you do. You do, you do one thing too much, and you're going to get injuries. And you're going to get. Be,
0: and it doesn't have to be the same actual, like, triathlon training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing three different things, but it's too much of the same motion. Mm-hmm. Your your muscles are going a straight line yep. in every single one yep. of those events. Yep. Instead of there's no side to side movement at right. all, and you and, can get issues.
1: And people don't realize too. Like let's say let's say you're a runner. That's the best one, and especially when I was training the the Volkswagen teams for running and stuff. If all you're doing is running, you don't get to be a better runner by just Running more, you're going to get shin splints. You're going to get plantar fasciitis. You're going to get some knee issues. You may even get some orthopedic issues. You may get some back problems. Just running, 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 running. You're going to be a better runner by incorporating strength training, Mm -hmm. incorporating flexibility training, Mm -hmm. incorporating some mental training, Um, and and even aqua. I took a lot of my my running because they wanted to run every day, and I said, "You guys, you're going to hurt yourselves," you know. So I started taking them into the pool because you can get the non impact. You know, doing and that really I did. I was cutting a lot of time off people's miles, having them do sprints, not touching the bottom of the pool, holding get equipment. That resistance, yeah. So, yeah. so they could work with the re- the legs going really, really fast, and your muscles have memory, but they weren't hitting anything.
0: Yeah. yeah. So,
1: you know, I think that sometimes people don't realize you get in something that's your favorite and that's what you want to do, it's just like eating and well, anything else. You become
0: efficient at it. for become. one. doesn't hurt quite as much as it did when you started. Yep. So and your body's you, like, all right. So you're you're getting both. You're getting the workout in, but you're also really you're getting the workout in, but you are you know it's the efficient
1: way. Yeah. And we all, all, right. we all like to do things we're good at, right? Totally,
0: totally. And so what's one, your, what's your like, favorite
1: workout? You know, I really love spin interval. Mm-hmm. And we have a class called Gravity. It's a machine. You would re- kind of think of it as the Total Gym, the Chuck uh-huh. Norris thing. But it's a big version of that. Right. But I love getting on the bike, getting off the bike and doing strength training, getting back on the bike, off the bike doing strength training. Because you get that cardio rush for... You know, about three to four minutes on the bike, five minutes, maybe six, and then coming down and getting the muscles and then going back. That's my favorite.
0: That's a good one.
1: It's not saying that that's perfect. It's not for everybody, but that's That's, my favorite. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite to teach? That. (laughs) (laughs) Same one. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's my favorite to teach. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like teaching gravity, spin. I like teaching period, actually. I like teaching anything. I like... I don't think that I understood that was going to be my path when I was studying petroleum engineering, that I was going to like to teach people things. Right. But as I started getting into the fitness and the wellness and doing seminars, and I've done a lot of speaking, I was the chair of the Women's Business Conference and was the opening speaker one year. And I spoke at the Women's Business Conference for years and years. And I just really love teaching people. And I love that they're asking me questions later. And like you see a spark in someone's eye that, you know, they yes. heard you, and they right. heard something, and right. and it's it's interesting because I would have never thought that was going to be my my path, yeah. yeah, it turned out to be
0: right and what what uh what are your tricks on those days when you're not feeling really motivated?
1: That's such you a ha- good one, John, because there's a lot of those days, yeah. and people <laughs> people would not have any idea. How much someone like me or an instructor or a motivator or probably an actor or a singer, we get out on that stage and we look like we just woke up this morning and said, I'm going to teach gravity today. Yeah, and I'm going to crush it. And I'm going <laughs> to love it. And I'm <laughs> yeah. great. Now, 90% of the time. And I think I'm not exaggerating. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes and go teach today. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, I'll get in the car, and I'll turn on some great music. That's a big one for me. I'll turn on some motivating music. I have a playlist that I just call it like my get your groove on playlist, you know, and I'll put it in the car and start kind of feeling better or whatever. And then it's fake it till you make it. And I tell my clients that all the time because we'll be 10 minutes in and I go, how are you guys feeling? And they're all like, they'll come in. You could tell there's some days that everybody's coming in all happy or they're not. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my God, it's so good. I said, you know, if you fake it till you make it, you make it. Because I felt like crap before this class. Right, and then you know, you you and I had a little conversation before this interview. I wasn't feeling so great. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. And, and then, do, hey, that happens to me during these sometimes. Some days, I'm mm-hmm. I'm always obviously very interested in the subject matter and the guest, but some days. Yeah, it's just an off yeah. day.
1: And yeah. something you know, happened before or you didn't sleep well that knows? night before. Right. So the, the answer to that, and it's it's a really great answer about exercise, is the worse you don't want to do it, except for being really sick. If you're throwing right. up, you have a migraine, that's that's obvious. Leave those out. But the the less you're actually feeling like doing it, the more you should say, just do it. Yeah. Because I've never once heard a person leave a class and go, Man, I wish I hadn't done that.
0: I, I just talked about that on my solo episode that I just that just came out today. I talked about every single. It helps. It helps. Not just physically, mentally. No, that's mental. what I was really talking about. Mentally, <laughs> I would. The only time it doesn't is if I'm getting sick.
1: Yeah. If you're really that's sick, that's I a whole different if, story. If, yeah. if, like,
0: a couple hours after the workout, I'm still not feeling better, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-oh. Yeah. Something's coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for, <laughs> sure. that didn't for real. Work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the endorphins that we release. Every. I have a lot of stories about that. One of them being a long time ago, and it's so funny for me to remember. Remember how earlier I talked about scoring yourself and then scoring yourself later. Yes. I feel like I've always felt this way. But I used to have allergies. I used to have gastric problems. I don't even hardly remember that. you know? And so I remember 28, 30 years ago, whatever, going to the allergist and having the skin prick test done and doing all that stuff. And at that time, I was a pretty new instructor. And I would take any class I could get. And I was teaching at night. Talked him into letting me do a seven thirty class. I didn't mm-hmm. own the gym yet at that time, and I'm doing this seven thirty class. And I told the doctor, I said, you know, it's really weird because when I teach at night, I'm not telling everybody to work out at night, but for me, when I teach, all of a sudden I'm not. I, I I sleep well and I'm not sneezing and I feel better. And he said, well, the endor- the the endorphins and the the um, hormones that you're releasing exercises are what we're trying to give you. Yeah. So, whatever time of the day you're teaching my point was at that time, I would be, I noticed that after I exercised, I, I felt really good and my allergies went away. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, that's what we're trying to give you. So, you think about inhalants and steroid inhalants and all the things that we're trying to take to relieve ourselves. That's what we're getting with exercise. So true. So, you know, you'll feel better.
0: It even works with me when I have head colds. Mm-hmm. Just a head cold. Mm-hmm.
1: Just a head cold. It goes mm-hmm. in my
0: chest. Mm-hmm. I don't work out. Exactly. But if I have a head cold and I work, it's...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you took a decongestant. It's like you took a decongestant. Like you took a. Yeah. Like it
1: like, took oh, a th- yeah. yeah.
0: That's way better. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's the truth. So, really, the, the key is just mentally knowing that you're going to feel better afterwards. Yeah. Just knowing that you're going to feel better afterwards and you make yourself go. And like I said, it's one thing. I, I think of it in two ways. Like being the instructor, sometimes I don't have a choice to go, but sometimes I do. I could call a sub. You know, so I usually have to make the decision just go. You'll be glad. Just go. And I tell that to the students too. Um... Just make the decision to go and even tell yourself. Sometimes I'll play a game with myself. Let's say I don't have a class that day or I'm in Arizona visiting my son or something and I really want to get some exercise in, but I'm just not in the mood and it's almost happy hour or whatever the occasion is. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna go 20 minutes. Right. And just just go 20 minutes, get a little movement in, and you'll and then you can stop. Well, I never stop after 20 minutes. Right. Because once you once you get going, you get going. Yeah. And that brings me to another. Answer that question too. The first ten minutes suck for everybody. Yes. You know why? Yeah. Why is that? Okay. We're sitting here. All of our blood is basically going to our our gut, to uh-huh. our stuff, not to our to our gut, but to all our functions. It's trying to digest our food. It's pumping our heart. It's it's just doing the stuff that we need to live. When we get up and we stand up and we want to start exercising, the blood's still going here. So, the more you start moving, you know, more, especially when you start an exercise, it should be with large body movements, not just a stretch. You should uh-huh. swing your arms, do whatever. You start sending the blood out to the rest of the body. So, as that blood goes sure. out, you're taking oxygen to the rest of the body. And that oxygen is what fuels us and gets us going. So, it takes, you cannot rush it either. So, you can't just go out right. there and do a bunch of full-on jumps and say, okay, I'm warmed up. You can't. Right. It takes five to seven minutes minimum and really a good 10 minutes to redistribute that oxygen flow and for you to feel good. So after and 10 me, minutes... for me, the
0: older I get, the longer that process It does. Takes. That's true too. And it's not because of aches or anything like that. It's just my engine isn't... Now, just, my engine's <laughs> not going for... The first 20 minutes yeah. of a workout.
1: 15, 20 minutes, pretty normal. And then, yeah. uh, it, like I said, even in class, you'll see, well, I'll be starting about 20 minutes. 15, 20-minute point, people are sort of going, yeah, I'm so glad I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. So, nobody wants to do the first 10 minutes. No. You know? I
0: remember, when, uh, I'm going to bring up body pump again. Not like, that's not my only workout. I, yeah, do. I yeah, do so yeah. many things. But it is one of my favorites lately. For, Tammy introduced me to it. She said, you should go try body pump. I go, all right, whatever, whatever. And I did it. During the warm-up, I thought I was going to die. Right. My, okay, wait a minute. thought this was like a chick workout. (laughs) I know, right? I know, I know. And no, but yeah, yeah, because I am horrible
1: at warming up. Yep, and then two songs in, you're feeling like I got the pump now. I'm good, yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Here's another really great example. Um, Going upstairs. Who among us, when you're like, you know, we're going somewhere and all of a sudden you got to go upstairs, you're winded. And I'll hear people all the time, myself included, I had to catch myself and go, oh my God, I'm so out of shape. It's just a normal thing. No, you're not. Well, maybe you are. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But all that blood is just going here. And then all of a sudden, you got to go upstairs. Yeah. So you haven't warmed up. Your blood's not distributed. So it's not that we're so out of shape that we couldn't get up a a flight of stairs without being winded. It's that we're just not warmed up.
0: Sometimes the more fit I am, the more winded I am doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Like if I just totally, like you and I talking right now. You know, heart rates really low, and I go mm-hmm. climb a set of mm-hmm. st- stairs right now. I'll be more winded than mm-hmm. when I'm out of shape. Absolutely. Not, and I mean, it. Yeah, it's like, hey, my body.
1: Well, that could be a function of the amount of muscle that you have too. Because think about how much more more oxygen you need being muscular than you would when you're less. You know, not so in great shape. So just running mm-hmm. up those stairs, you, you've got a lot. You've got a lot of body to send that oxygen to. And sitting here, and if we had to go upstairs right now, we'd both be winded.
0: Yeah, Mike. My resting heart rate will be so much lower than mm-hmm. when it's when mm-hmm. I'm not fit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, hey, that's bud, why, wait, so that's you know, why, that's why
1: a warm up is important. You're not ready
0: to go do something. You're chill right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm barely beating. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, how do you motivate yourself? You realize that you just do it. Right. You just do it and you'll be glad you did, you know, and you'll be glad you did. So, the worse you don't want to do it, the more you ought to go do it.
0: Yeah. So, I've been asking this as we wind this up, I've been asking my guest, what's your biggest challenge facing you tomorrow to work out? How how are you going to get your workout in? Are there any challenges?
1: You know, I think we all go through ebbs and flows. And Right now I'm in a really good place too, uh-huh. as far as my own conditioning. And my, doing the functional diagnostic nutrition training um, really made me focus in on myself too. You know, that's a good thing about doing training. Um, and I'm always trained. Like I continue education all the time. I have so many certifications. I don't know how long it would take to list them. And that's a good thing. But I think no matter what you're doing... and Everybody should know this, too. No matter what our profession is, people look at us. I have my ebbs and flows, too. Right. We get better. We kind of taper off. We may get better again. So when you're in a better place, it's a lot easier because I kind of have my week planned, and I know what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what my challenge tomorrow is going to be, is mm-hmm. I'm driving to Phoenix. Ah. And so how did I deal with that? Well, I'm teaching in the morning. Okay. So I've designed a class that I'm at least going to get some exercise in with them. Okay. Um, so yeah, you kind of sometimes you have to think ahead because I'm gonna be in the car for eight hours tomorrow, sitting down, yeah, and so, and that
0: is what you know, because part of this my goal with move my mass is to show people, hey, you have your issues mm-hmm. tomorrow that we. Yep. You know, driving to Phoenix is a big one. Yep. But everybody has their thing. Like, how are you getting around it? There's yep. a way to get it, it in That's right. if you really want to do it. You know,
1: I want to give your listeners one more really great hint. And it's not really exercise, but this is something that, like I said, we can come up with things and stay for hours and hours. It is not just getting your exercise in. I'm going to surprise you. And it's not just eating healthy. And it's not just stress reduction. And it's not just um, all, all the things that you think of. Do you know that staying in one position for all, too long— You cannot undo with an hour or two or 10 of exercise. So in your day, every hour, you need to at least stand up and sit down. Not every hour, but most of the hours. And I don't mean stand up and squat or stand up and do some big breathing exercise or anything else. You need to change your body position.
0: Walk around the office.
1: Not even that. Stand up, sit down. Oh,
0: that's, yeah. Okay. Like, literally,
1: your body does not want to be— Now, if you can do that, even better, but right, still, right. if you just stand up and sit down every 20 minutes or so, and there's an app. I'm trying to remember the name of it, right? Stand Up is the name of the app, and you can set that app, and you just stand up and sit down. And so, at one point, people got really in tune to the fact that we were sitting too long, so they started using Standing Desk, right? Mm-hmm. You know what they need to do every 20 minutes? Sit down. Sit down.
0: <laughs> so that's interesting because I do have a stand-up desk.
1: Yeah. So even if you're standing all the time, you need to change your position. Yeah. So the body needs, it's the blood thing. It just needs to go up and down. It needs to feel that change. Right. So that's a really good hint for everybody. Now, if you want to Excellent. add a few squats or walk around a little bit, you can do that too. But Excellent. Yeah.
0: So how do people get a hold of you?
1: You know. With, um,
0: or follow you?
1: That's a great question. Uh my Facebook is Lee Henderson Poses. That's my personal Facebook, which is really what I'm using now. And then we have a, um, FitZone Bakersfield website uh-huh. and FitZone Bakersfield Facebook and Instagram page. Okay. And um, that would be the best way. Send me messages. You can uh, yeah. message me. I have a lot of private groups I can put you into. You can come in. I'll meet with you. Uh-huh. I'll give out my cell phone if that's the case. I'll give you my contact information if anybody wants to. Contact me that way. Um, I am in the process of setting up a new website based on the functional diagnostic nutrition. That's not necessarily just related to the gym. Okay, but um, that's not so that'll be a quite completely yet. separate website. Yeah, How
0: I'll long get, before you think that's up? More weeks, or less, probably, couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, all right. at least
1: a at least a Facebook page to get up there. Yeah. But but um, yeah. So, all
0: right. Well, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks, John It was a
0: nice chat for <laughs> sure. A nice chat. I, like I said, I I could sit here forever, but I know. I'm like, have some listeners just fall off
1: yeah for sure <laughs> sometimes anyway you know it's like oh, okay too much stuff Great. whatever
0: thank you so much
1: you're welcome